This is Brothers of Ash, a podcast that explores how Christian doctrine should be lived out in fellowship from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Jack, your host, and as always, I am joined by the two knuckleheads, a.k.a. Wow. <laughs> hey, this has been a tumultuous night already. It's been, yeah, a, it's it's been great. two it's hours been... to get started here, but <laughs> yeah. we got this. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it has. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, who's joining Jack is obviously Chad and Byron. Yeah. Just to finish what Jack was trying to say. Yeah. Thanks. I'm just, I'm just being truthful over here. Yeah. <laughs> how's your guys' week? How's how's the summer been so far? That's the a, week's been crazy because we haven't been, but we haven't been together for since Chad's. Yeah, that's true. So that's it's been longer yeah, than a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I we, we've gone camping four times this summer. We're about to go again next week. And then after that, it's just a holding pattern until the baby comes. Um, so, yeah, we've just been out um, camping and having fun. Um, it was really cool. We were out with... Uh, Where'd you go? Um, we went to, like, out near Key Peninsula, uh, Harsting Island, um, with uh, Stephanie and Justin Dobson. Um <laughs> it was a lot of fun um, out on the ocean. Uh, we had our campers. is sweet. Um, besides that, just working. And Blake's gonna be three, and uh, he's definitely like in like we we are experiencing the terrible threes. Like he's he he's a great he's the, he's like the best kid ever. Like super happy, but like when he's mad, he's mad. And uh, so, so he's terrible. So really, he's not the best kid. Ever. Yeah. You so. Love her. I'm just trying to help him understand what sin is and yeah. how to respond to that and why mm-hmm. we respond to it. Sure. So I actually, the other day, I like sat down and read the Bible with him and had the action Bible there too so we could see pictures. Yeah. And we we're going over like uh, the story of Noah. And it was just good because I even told him, I was like, well, after he let God listen or Noah listened, um, you know, Noah sinned as well. Like, so nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not. Did perfect. Did show that in the action Bible? No, no. But oh, I, I dude, definitely made awesome. sure. I, I definitely made sure I covered it. Like that would have been so because, graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, he's just getting really physical, and like that's like in my family, like that's how your anger comes out is physical. Uh, I was mm. more verbal. But yeah. Anyways, so just dealing with that as a parent and brand new. So yeah. What about you, Byron? Good baseball. Fun. Everything's good, dude. That's my beard. Put that down. It's disgusting with those tiny lips on my beard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, no, it's uh, we got to go to Seahawks game. Yeah, Thursday. That was cool. That was pretty cool. And we got to move from like really up high nosebleed section, and we just literally worked our way all the way down, almost to the sidelines. Did you guys just stand somewhere? Well, we We stood at one spot for a little bit. We were standing room only at like the. What, was that 200 level? 200 level, because we were like... It was like near the flag. Yeah, we were like, this pulled. is... We're not sitting all the way up there, so we just kind of wandered down, stood there, and then Nobody I was... Nobody cares, he's preseason. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was watching this section that we went down to, like, the whole time we were over there, just making sure, like, are there people sitting there, people sitting there, yeah. and then I was like, dude, those seats have been open this whole entire time, there's like this huge group, and mm-hmm. then we went down there and just watched the rest of the game down there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. We got to uh, eat some dogs. The dogs weren't that good this time around, though. No. I don't feel like they were that no. good. And it was not enough sour cream. We had to see all dogs. So you guys went to T-Mobile first? and then went Yeah, to so we, yeah, we went to T-Mobile yeah. first and hung out there. And uh, I got wrecked in uh, in uh, Connect 6 slash 4. Yeah, I beat this guy like Dude, every single times time. in a row. Well, half the time I was like looking around the stadium, just kind of like looking around like, wow. 
dude. It's so cool being here. I think the last two games, I was like, Byron, don't do that. Go here. Yeah, and I just you wasn't. You still didn't listen, yeah. and I then won. Like, yeah. it was. So I was like the kid during that time that dad yeah. was saying, don't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but that was cool. That was actually a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And then uh, baseball season's finally over with River. So that's done. So we're, mm-hmm. we're done with it. Now it's all just family vacations. We went to Wenatchee last weekend for yeah, my birthday. Super hot. And dude, it got to 108 <laughs> degrees. 108 what? degrees. Being a fat dude that has a beard. And, and no if, shower and available. No, sh- no there's shower. There were showers oh, okay, available. Okay, that's good. Uh, but we sat in the river Still. the whole time, so whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, dude, it was it was just gnarly. Um, I yeah, and of course the one spot that we get in the whole campsite, the whole campsite, they had just cut down the tree for shade, so we were exposed in the sun the whole entire time. <laughs> and it, but I mean, I had this like little that's tent awful. cover pop up thing that was that was work, but I mean, it still sucked though. Um, they probably made so much money on firewood with that. No, we brought a bunch from uh, oh, from Sarah's good. dad's house. Um, but Got then, em. yeah, I know. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we did that. We've been doing that. Um, now, now we've just been trying to plan our family trips. Now that baseball's over, and that mm-hmm. again, we'll start back up in October. We'll, we'll not baseball like playing stuff. Just River doing his conditioning, and mm-hmm. yeah. working through. Because now he's on a new team. He's not with the old league that he's with. He is on a select team now. So. Uh, yeah, he loves it. So, but then doing that, um, something I've been like really struggling with this whole summer is patience. I've just been like suit getting like irritated and short with my family. Um, I don't know if it's just because the baseball and just being out of uh, fellowship. Uh, it's kind of just been like a little bit short, shorter with the kids, not being as patient and maybe not as graceful. Maybe maybe they don't notice it, but I I notice it myself. Like just mm-hmm. doing little things and just being really upset. But then it's also one of those things I'm just like, well, you're upset because they're not doing what you want them to do, right? Mm-hmm. They're not exactly how you want them to be. So I think that's been something that's been like my that's been like pretty pretty <clears throat> tough this summer. Hmm. I've just kind of been maybe a little overly aggressive in, in just how I perceive what I what I'm doing, how I'm responding or acting. Um, so nothing physical, just not, yeah. not yelling or anything, just like ugh, like frustrated, just yeah. needing to walk away from them a lot and not being more patient to explain things to them. So, but hmm. so that's been kind of stressful. Um, Liv's we're gonna do new school season, and Liv's gonna do homeschool this year. Hmm. So that's gonna be super. Um, that's kind of been stressful for Sarah. Um, cause she's going to be home doing that a lot. So, but, um, and it's a little stressful for me too, cause I got to hear her stress about it. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that for you. I have no way of getting it figured out <clears throat> yeah, for you. Yeah. So, so that's been pretty difficult, but, uh, but our summer has been really well. Um, we've just done a lot of baseball, honestly. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been well. Um, but we're looking forward to having more time together as a family to like mm-hmm. really, get back in the groove of things and the summer to end so we can get back into like school routine and just being closer a closer unit because baseball kept us kind of separated a little bit you know with traveling and stuff and um but we'll have more of a plan this coming up here which hopefully will be better so yeah but yeah so summer's been good ish nice yeah uh this summer's been kind of weird uh uh so yeah i've been i've been working four tens and been so it's interesting because this past week I got an interview at a different place uh, that put me back working at uh, Joint Base Luis McCorp as a civilian and helping soldiers transition <clears throat> into kind of education realm and helping them out with that. And so had that interview on Monday. Um, didn't really feel like 
where I'm at currently at the current college that I'm at is just like, it's become kind of like desperate. So like enrollment's down and they're just like, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this. And it's like, it's just like desperation moves, you know? Mm. You're, just, you're just trying to scratch itches that you're not, nothing's gonna produce out of that, you know? So like at one point they were talking about, well, you know, since you're in seminary, you can go to all these churches and try and recruit people. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Mm. <laughs> Most churches, if like you're an outsider, it's like, who are you again? And why are you talking to us? It's like, so? You know, it, it doesn't matter, you know? It's like people don't care about that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they're becoming, <clears throat> they're becoming really desperate, and there was a lot of change that happened within the last year, a lot of turnover in deans. We had a new president as well, too. And so I was just like, uh, it's like, do I really want to be here? Do I not? And so I'm finally like, uh, one day I was looking at just different military recruiter positions and there was a position that I'd been doing well there was a position that opened up uh, that I'd been attending the workshops on post for and so that position opened up where you would be recruiting directly to soldiers and airmen and so it opened up I got an interview on Monday and then I got offered it offered the job on Friday which was coconuts That's awesome. uh, so cool that has never happened in my life that fast but they were like we really liked what you said in the interview uh, you had a solid resume. I think they only called one of my references, and whatever that reference said, he blew yeah. them away, uh, which was one of my co He has a senior grass, so. <laughs> yeah. That's He's half committed. That's He's half committed. They didn't call me. They didn't call me. All right, now uh, we're taking away from Jack. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. So that's going to be starting up in probably the next couple weeks in which I'll transition from my old job to my new job. Awesome. And so that's it's so really cool. cool. Um, Two guys that go to church, Nate Santa Cruz and Stephen Brown. I don't know if you guys know those uh-huh. two. Yeah, yeah. But Stephen is going to NTC uh, this month, end of this month. But Nate Santa Cruz, he works at, uh, he does GIS mapping mm. at ICOR. And so wow. I would just go to the basement and hang out with him if I got downtime. So that'd be cool. And so it's nice to have that kind of outlet mm-hmm. where you're with like, you know other brothers yeah. that are with you that you can kind of talk to mm-hmm. instead of like you're kind of siloed out there mm-hmm. in like liberal feminist let's take down the Christians world yeah. of higher education so that's uh, super encouraging uh, so that's kind of what's been going on lately so then we got this leader retreat coming up yeah I'm excited for that next weekend Dude, I'm going. I'm going horseback right. Yeah, I. I, I'm going, I they got the horses in the back. Too. I'm going straight <laughs> old town road on that crap too. Hilarious. Yeah, because it was okay. So we're going on a leader retreat with our church, and it's kind of the kickoff of our new uh, program of uh, what? What's the word? The verbiage. Uh, discipleship group leadership a leader equip yes leader is the, equip is yeah. the ver- verbiage so our church is doing a camping weekend where we get to you know attend trainings and interact and learn and um, anyways the the activities were a ropes course uh, paintball paintball yeah and I'm like I want to get shot is the blob going to be there remember in heavyweights the when they blob <laughs> I hope they have a lake that would be awesome. Do you think Tim will be like, we got the buddy system, and you'll be like, buddy! We'll be like, buddy! Well, I hope Lars is our camp leader. That would be awesome. I am lost. Dude, I'm straight. So, 
one of the activities is horseback riding. Uh-huh. So I said, I I'm definitely doing That's that. That's pretty cool. And then Pastor Joel said he's going to do that. Oh, cool. Okay, if anybody knows who Pastor Joel is, uh-huh. dude is kind of hipsterish. I cannot <laughs> yeah. imagine kind of. him riding on a horse. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, him riding on a horse is like very out. I outlandish. I'm actually it's like wanting. a bear riding a tricycle. It just <laughs> right. doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm more interested in to see like what he wears to ride a horse. Oh, that's chaps, cool. chaps. He's gonna wear chaps, <laughs> but with like high thigh, high this, shorts. This is what you buy, and then right? chaps over it. This is what <laughs> boots with spurs. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going straight like Ellensburg style. I'm wearing jeans. And yeah. So what you wear every day? And friggin' cowboy hat. Yeah, there you go. Get my cowboy hat. Will you have yeah. straw out of your mouth? I will not have watch straw. It, okay. Watch this going to be like ponies or something. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! In their backs, they ride so much <laughs> that their backs are so U-shaped. Like a little circle behind the cafeteria. <laughs> Horseback riding. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, before we get to what we get to talk about tonight, mm-hmm. Byron's testimony. Yeah. Um, we have an announcement to make. Oh. Uh, so yeah, drum roll for over there, Byron. That's all I got. Okay, so he stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack, do you want to lead it off? you want me to? Sure. I mean, so we used to have, what we were going on with platforms is we have obviously our Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that, mm-hmm. usual kind of social media. And then, uh, which shout out to Rudy Rubio down there at um, Hood Grace podcast because he mm-hmm. shouted us out because uh, we help him. Um, I, I noticed you were on a podcast with him, right? Or, or did he just shout us out? He just shouts us out. Okay, which yeah. which I saw that on Facebook because he yeah. did a video podcast and I saved it on my videos because I wasn't cool. sure what he was doing, but he yeah. but he tagged Brothers of Ash. That's so cool. I'm gonna have to listen to that like tomorrow. For I sure. give him and mm-hmm. it's or so tonight. funny because so page. he lives what? he lives down still in the page. Yeah, it's on Facebook. I can share it with okay, you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he lives down in L.A. and mm-hmm. um, dude, he. Uh, he like he sends me like these messages. He's like I'm he like he videos himself like smoking a cigar. I'm like what are you smoking? And he's like Rocky Patel. I'm like bro, <laughs> you got to do something about that cigar. And she was like bro, I live down in California. They text the crap out of the good oh, stuff. It's yeah. like I'll just mm-hmm. dude, just tell me what you like and I'll send you some. Uh-huh. And he's like hook a brother up. So yeah. I'm like that's cool. I got you. Yeah, so, that's cool. But anyway, uh, shout out to Rudy Hood Grace. He's been awesome. Uh, but, uh, so what we've been doing is basically we've been doing a typical website with a blog and then all of our social media, the website with the blog did not work out because it cost too much money. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing is that like that platform was like, it was decent. It was smooth and it was Mm -hmm. easy to set up, but it was, but it cost money. Yeah. And we do um, appreciate all the people that, you know, did write a blog. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we're going to be moving forward with no blog. We figured we want to slow it down, take our time, yeah. focus on the podcast. Um, and so, like, I mean, we're, we're at a point where, um, you know, we put some of our, uh, we would definitely put some of our personal money into this to get it going. So we believe in it. Um, we really like what we have going on. I mean, aside from just hanging out, I mean, it's just kind of cool to do that. But aside from that, like, we're trying to provide content that, um, that that helps people become more like Christ. Yeah. Even when we, you know, maybe aren't doing that as well. Sure. Just being honest and yeah. transparent to like help people um, learn 
from our mistakes and then also for us to be able to you know dive deep on some things together discuss it and work out yeah. to a good resolution um to to move forward and just be better and be more like christ uh well just be more like christ yeah i was like yeah. what is this live your best life now <laughs> so 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 the announcement is that um, we've shut down that entire site and Hashtag you can actually Jules, check yeah. us out on patreon.com patreon is a website that basically you can if you're doing anything um, like if you're just creating media, cartoons, uh, podcasts like we are, just yeah. whatever you're doing, you can put yourself on there. Um, and it doesn't cost anything to do it, but they do take a percentage of whatever you produce mm-hmm. um, and uh, or, or get from people that support you. And the reason why we did that is because, um, A, it didn't cost anything, um, but we also wanted to provide a better platform for our listeners um, to be able to support us. Um, and it's, I, I just like the website a lot better. It's easier, it's less work. Um, and I think it delivers our content really well. Uh, cause it doesn't really take away from like our podcast. It just kind of helps it more or less be yeah. transparent. Well, and it allows people, it allows like you guys to like also be a part of this. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. again, just us three. Yeah. yeah. It's, it involves everybody. Yeah. Cause this and is that's, not, that's the coolest part about yeah. Patreon is that, um, you can become a Patreon and support our podcast, uh, and you can do that. Like, like you don't have to, like, because basically they have, we we have three tiers: five, ten, and fifteen dollars a month. You can basically choose one of those tiers, or if you can't afford that, you can select your own rate. Like, I actually support a friend of mine um, on on Patreon. He creates uh, content for kids right now, and I signed up to do I think five dollars a month. That's cool. Because um, that's all I can afford, but I really love his, his content. You want to shout it's, him it's out? great. Yeah, it's uh, Shate Taylor. Um, they created uh, this cartoon called Mr. Moosey, and um, the first episode's out right now, um, and uh, basically just goes over the first couple days of creation, mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting uh, video. Um, so, but on our Patreon page, I can share... Um, Hood Grace and also uh, Mr. Moosey because there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast so you guys who have kids or even if you know kids um, that want to just have a different uh, view on creation like it was just really good like Blake was like super addicted to like right away he's like I want to see more Mr. Moosey and That's actually cool. it's funny That's Shate cool. came over and like he was like starstruck because Shate is like in the video <laughs> yeah. he's like Mr. Moosey <laughs> he's like daddy daddy let's watch Mr. Moosey again so we That's watched cool. it while That's Shate cool. was here and he was like That's so cool. <laughs> but but at the same time Shate was like man this is great yeah um, but but anyways I mean the whole goal of this is we, we, we need support yeah. to um, pay for what we've already paid for, but also to continue and help us improve. Um, we want to continuously improve our quality. Um, and we've been praying about just, I mean, we're, and, and we're going to really start praying big time about, uh, you know, as we pay for the things we've already paid for, what we're going to do with the money from our supporters moving forward. Not only improve our podcast, but where is that additional money going to go? And a couple of the ideas is that, like, you know, we are forming a brother and sisterhood of believers and Mm -hmm. non-believers, and we want to positively affect their lives by supporting them. So, you know, if someone listens to this podcast and maybe you need help with something, we would be able to support you in whatever that is. 
Um, and then maybe if you know a friend who's in need, who's not getting dinner, like we could support you and send you money. Yeah. Um, so that's there, it could go a lot of different ways. And I mean, I know this guy, um, uh, Griswold, Pastor Griswold in South yeah, Detroit. Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm. Um, Shout out Reformation Church. Yeah, Reformation <laughs> Church um, in Detroit. We they he's trying to buy a house in like the worst area of Detroit so he can be in the area that he's preaching the gospel to in his church, and we would like to actually be able to support them big time. Um, so moving forward, like I can see this going a million different ways, um, but it starts with you, the listener, um, supporting us and yeah. starting this movement of us being able to support this network of Jesus's family. Right. So. Yeah, and I know I already said, but it's even like when you support us, it's also supporting each other too, right? right? Again, Mm -hmm. that you're part of something with us. It's not just us, and then you guys just listen, and that's it. Like you get Mm -hmm. to partake in other ministering to other people's lives too, even if you don't actually get to see them or physically talk to them or or anything like that. But you're still able to then you know Mm -hmm. be a part of 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 this. Another cool thing about becoming a Patreon is that if you subscribe and you start supporting us, um, it's got a really nice flow of how it works. We'll get a notification of payment. We'll get your address and we'll be able to send you goodies. Um, and right now we got sticker packs and then we're partnering. We are partnering with, uh, cigar companies to send you guys quality cigars. Um, so check out the website. Um, it's on our Instagram and our Twitter account. Uh, you can just hit the link and just browse and, and check it out. Shout out Stogie Bird. Yeah, Stogie Bird is going to be the first cigars that we... So basically, what I what I try and do is I get uh, information from a couple different uh, sources. So Stogie Bird is a really good way of doing that because Sam Lucia has been in the cigar industry for a while. He actually made... If anybody's familiar with cigars, so he, he actually crafted and made the Nub Cigar mm. from Oliva. So he was the guy who invented that and actually made it. And so he now does Stogie Bird. So he lives in Pittsburgh area. And what he does is basically a partner with other cigar companies. And he does a subscription service. Uh, it's totally customizable. Uh, if you guys want uh, the cheat codes for $5 off your first order, uh, we can give you that once you become a Patreon. Uh, and so, but what I usually do is either get his suggestions or go with uh, something from JR Cigars, which Byron and I watch uh, yeah. Nick Labretti's videos. And so, yeah, he's good. He's good. What I posted on the Facebook page <clears throat> is uh, the Henry Clay Warhawk that we're going to give away. Uh, throughout this month whoever subscribes Mm -hmm. so they're in our local uh cigar shop and so it's pretty easy for me to pick stuff up and then give those cigars out to any of the uh any of the patrons so yeah but it's a really good cigar i'm super excited about like just the way patreon has it set up it's really simple and i think it's cool that we're able to partner with these other companies that make and sell cigars and be able to give that out to you know our supporters so um, check it out. That's yeah. awesome. We'll definitely appreciate any support we can get. <laughs> so, if you don't support us, stop listening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. That's Chad, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm Byron. I grew up in I grew up in Auburn, Washington. So I grew up here in Washington. Um, I lived in Tacoma, Des Moines. I kind of moved around a lot when I was younger. Mm. Um, yeah, so 
Yeah, just moved around a ton. Moved uh, moved to Canada for, for a little you could, bit. You lived in Canada? Yeah, for like two weeks. Serious? So I don't, it was more like a vacation if you think about Canada. it. <laughs> what uh, prompted all the moves? So um, my mom, so my dad was not in my life at all. Um, and then what happened is my mom um, had lots of uh, boyfriends. Mm -hmm. So they would come kind of in and out, in and out. And one guy lived in Canada. So we moved up to Canada. Well, he said, let's move. So wow. we packed up a bunch of our stuff and moved up to Canada when we were really little. I was probably like four, probably about four, maybe three, three or four. And it's weird. I, I don't remember all. The only thing I remember from that is uh, the drive up there. And we did it at nighttime. And when we got up there, all I remember is the next morning waking up and there was a clothesline in the background with a bunch of sheets on it. And I was told, don't touch the sheets as I pulled them down. Um, onto the ground, uh, and that's all I remember. I don't remember the drive back home. I don't remember the, who the guy is. Weird. Um, I don't remember anything like that. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So, anyways, to I guess I guess uh, share a little bit of my story. Uh, I come from a broken home. I don't come from a married family. Um, obviously, this broken home. I don't even remember my dad or my mom ever being together. They were married when my sister was younger, but they were never married while I was alive. And if they were, I don't remember it at all. Um, he left when I was really early. I didn't, I didn't get to know him until much later. And I'll share my story as it goes on further right. about him um, when he does come back because eventually he does come back into my life. Um, so, so I was living with my mom and my two sisters, um, Corey and Dallas. I'm, I'm the second oldest of, the, of them. And I have other siblings also. Um, Paris is my youngest sister. And then I have other siblings from my dad, which is a brother and sister, Travis and Amanda. And... Um, Anyway, so I uh, grew up with, with just my mom, predominantly, and my nana, which is my mom's mom. Lived with them. Um, uh, life was really interesting with them uh, for a while because it was just my mom, and she was always very um, high-strung. And I feel like that's where I sometimes get my, like, shortness, just, like, ah, yeah. just being short. Um, and, it, yeah, so lived with them. And then finally my, my stepdad, probably around... Um, so guys, like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to slander my mom. So that's something I want to clarify real fast. I'm yeah. not trying to knock my mom, but it's it's part of the story. It's, the it's story. like there was guys that were coming in and out. So a lot of mm -hmm. times I didn't know if they was this my dad because I didn't know my dad. So I was like, oh, is wow. this my dad? Is this my dad? Is this my dad? Is this my dad? So I never understood who who my dad was, right? So eventually uh, my stepdad uh, came into my mom's life, uh, Paul, and they're actually still together to this day. He's a really nice guy, super nice guy. Um, we didn't always get along, just be being young adolescent, you know, and stuff, and just button heads, which is normal, right? I guess. Um, really nice guy, though. Really respect the guy. Um, and uh, he came around, and it was finally like the first time that I kind of had like a male figure in my life, but he wasn't like, but it wasn't like a dad. It was more of like, I'm just your friend. I'm not trying to be your dad or anything. So I never had like a strong bond with him. It was never this like, Oh, you're a man that's in my life and you know and I feel loved by you or cared for mm -hmm. so uh, growing up I'd never had that male figure in my life other than him but he worked a ton so I barely saw him also um, which is normal for men right so um, I'm trying to think like how how to go on to the next so um, as life progresses as I'm f so he comes in our life when I'm about like four or five probably about I'd probably say like right before five and um, I would say like life kind of started changing with my mom. She became a lot more friendly. She wasn't as like short with me anymore, but she was very, um, very, I felt very disconnected from my mom though. I felt like a lot of her attention was going into 
Paul, and that, I don't think that was his fault, but that was just her wanting to cling to somebody to feel loved by, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was willing to work and help her. So her and I started I, at five. I remember just feeling this like huge disconnect from my mom. It was not a, uh, it wasn't a disconnect of, it was more of a disconnect of just like, I didn't feel very loved by her. Um, I didn't feel like, like she wanted me to really be around her. Like she was kind of keeping me always at like a, she always said, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I always felt, and it's weird because I was five, so I had to have these feelings, right? Yeah. But it always felt like I was at an arm's distance away from her, kind of like the Heisman Trophy, you know, the stiff arm kind of thing. It was kind of like that, right? Minus the ball. Yeah. It was more of like a bottle of whiskey or something, you know? So, uh, um, so, yep. so that kind of, so having that kind of disconnect and it became more of just like, I don't know where I belong in this family. I don't know how, you know, how I'm supposed to grow, I guess. You know, I try to just be a kid. Yeah. Um, but then I started, ended up drinking with my mom at five. Um, I had my first glass of wine with my mom, like a full glass, not just like a little sip at dinner. It was like, here's a glass of wine and, you know, you can sit and drink it with me. Um, which then leads me down like a huge path later as my life will go in alcoholism. Um, and... Mm-hmm. So that, so that kind of also helped push that, feel more of that tension and that weird push away and stuff. And anyway, so time's going, time's going. I don't know where else to go with that. So it just kind of leads into then my dad finally comes to my life. So now I'm seven. So this is, you know, a couple years later and stuff. And he comes to my life and, he, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm your dad. It's very, very stale like that. Like, I'm your dad kind of thing. You know, and my mom's like, yeah, this is your dad. And he's like, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to have you one of these weekends. And I was like okay like you know i don't i don't like i okay like you're my dad right like and she said you're my dad you know and it's like okay so so i'm pretty sure it's true yeah yeah, so i'm pretty sure it's true right so (laughs) and again i want i i i longed for my dad no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) you are not the father (laughs) (laughs) um but but it was like but you know but it was very much like one of those things where i was like okay so i was a little confused because remember earlier on like Men were coming in and out of my life right. and stuff. I always yeah. thought they were dad, and then now I've got the stepdad. Well, it sounds like your you know, mom never announced like who these people yeah, were. Yeah, right, did, right. Like, did she talk to you about who your dad no, was? No, she yeah. never. So she never said just anything. Like blind. Yeah. So, and I'm a little dude that's like trying to figure things out, right? But yeah. You see other people too, like yeah. mom and dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or even if they're broken, like they know their mom. Or yeah, dad, excuse yeah, me, known. right? So, wow. Whereas I don't. So eventually he comes to my life. He's like, "Hey, I, I, I'm your dad. I want. I'd like to have you for one one week and stuff like that." And I said, "Okay, cool." Like I was, you know, excited. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I was just, I. It's weird. I like remember the feelings. Like I was super excited. I was super just like, "Yeah, this is cool." I'm gonna. I know my dad, kind of thing. And, and I. And so you can imagine this like little me mm-hmm. and I'm like super excited. And I remember the house that I was at in Maple Valley and the, it's a frame the house was. And I remember sitting there at the window and waiting for him, waiting for the lights to come in and or waiting for the car to pull up. And then the day started getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And I'm still sitting there. And I'm like still super sad. And then eventually no lights come and I'm like, well, I'm tired. You know, wow. I can't sit here anymore. And I go to bed and I wake up the next morning excited to make maybe he's here. He never showed up, so he just never wow. showed up. Yeah, so he never showed up, um, and then, and then after that, I just re- I just started feeling like like am I loved? Am I cared for? Does anybody actually f- care that I'm here? You know, like I'm feeling this disattachment from my mom. Um, you know, um, I don't know. Like I hear that they love me, but I don't I don't feel very loved. I feel very like you know sad, and I feel very alone, and I'm, you know, and I'm scared half the time. You know, yeah. um, and uh, so as so as life goes on, I don't really talk to my mom about that. I just kind of like, I just start, now this is like when I start like kind of really stuffing things down. I start being more, 
um, I'm still myself. Like I'm still very outgoing and stuff, but I'm but I'm like completely sad inside, like just yeah. miserable inside. And I'm seven, so I have no idea how to say this. So as time goes, so we start going camping and you know doing family things and everything like that as a family. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of like how to work this in, but mm. eventually I come to it comes to a point to now where that was seven. So now I'm like probably about eight and a half almost nine about nine and, and i get like my first drink of rum and coke so my family goes camping we're big campers we just say hey let's go camping right so my mom started giving me and my uncle started giving me rum and coke so i drink like a lot of rum and coke like you know just it wasn't just like a little splash it was like you know two shots in each one and then some coke and then two you know shots and then yeah. some coke and then and, and i was we were always told me and my older sister i laugh about now i don't mean to but it's like yeah. it, this is it's so ridiculous to me yeah and they'd always say if someone ever comes and tries to take your cup toss it out real fast just dump it out so we always you know had the red solo cup and we'd always do that so um living that way was um i lived that way probably from so first glass of was in what five and I drank a little bit here and there with my mom still and then probably around like yeah eight and a half nine years old then I started drinking like I started like drinking a beer you know and stuff like that here and there it wasn't all the time this is not like I'm like sitting there cracking yeah, that yeah. six pack you know every night but but it's like I'm drinking with my mom you know on the weekend sometimes or and I only have like a beer you know I'll have like one beer kind of thing and and sometimes I wouldn't even finish it because it was just gross right I didn't actually really enjoy it a lot but I just felt like okay well I'm bonding with her I'm, I'm having some kind of connection with her I'm trying to be close to her because again I'm I'm feeling really sad and lost and I don't know and this and this is this she seems happy whenever we do this so I want to be with her you know so I start so I start doing that well then eventually it leads into like school and and getting in fights and it, now that anger starting to build out and stuff now it's starting to boil over the top and I'm starting to just fight anybody I don't care who you are I don't care how big or how small you were actually I laid off more of the small guys but I more bigger guys like it was like I just wanted to fight like I had a lot of aggression and I needed to do something with this and I didn't know how I didn't know how to talk to anybody because nobody ever asked me what was wrong right so I started fighting getting in trouble and it started a tension between me and my stepdad and um I never like swung at him or fought him or anything like that, but it became one of those things where I was just aggressive in my tone towards him a lot and like put him down and, and like really was like, mean to him and just, you know, saying things like, you know, you're, you're my dad. You can't tell me what you, what to do, but yet he's the only male figure, I guess, in my life that's like, yeah, yeah but I'm here. I'm still here, you know, yeah. um, and I'm just like not having it. Cause I don't, I don't understand. I'm not understanding how to process all of my emotions, all my feelings. I'm not understanding how to process, um, this guy that's in my life that says that he cares, but I don't understand like what that, what that means. I don't I don't know. And he's, I don't see a lot of showing of it either. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so that, so that goes on. And then finally, and then out of nowhere again, my dad pops up back into my life. He's like, Hey, you know, you know, you remember me? And I'm like, yeah, I remember you kind of thing. And I'm obviously a lot nicer. Like, whoa, okay, he's back. Okay, maybe something, something's here. Like, maybe this time he'll actually want me. He'll want me to be around him and stuff. And I was like, okay. And he goes, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna take you and your sister, my older sister, Corey. I'm going to take you right now and come stay with me this weekend. So I just pack your stuff and, like, come out. So I was like, okay, cool. So I, we packed all our stuff and went and hung out with them during the weekend. And we ended up actually getting a wiener dog that weekend. He was like, oh, I'm going to buy you guys a dog. So he bought us a wiener dog. Um, named Wimpy. I actually remember the dog's name, Wimpy. And it was a long hair, it was black wow. and brown. Um, and uh, yeah, so he goes, uh, so that weekend was really fun. We went and got a dog, had a fun time. And he dropped me off that, that weekend. And he was like, 
he's like, hey, I want to keep seeing you. Is that cool? Like, do you guys want to keep coming over? And we're like, yeah, let's keep going. We had a good time with him, right? And he bought us a dog kind of thing, right? So well, he's going to want us to come back because there is a dog, right? So, you know, he has to take, we have to take care of it. The following weekend comes up, same thing. I'm sitting there waiting, God. waiting there. He doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come. And I remember we had an iguana at the time named Oscar at, at my mom's house and stuff. And I just remember sitting there and just like, it was over in the dark corner. And I remember just sitting there with his little lamp light off in a little purple haze light to keep warm. And I just like sat over there and just cried the whole time with my backpack on and just cried and cried wow. quietly. I wasn't like, <sighs> I was just like being really discreet about it and like just crying, sitting there staring at Oscar and just feeling like I was like him. Like I'm caged in this. Like I'm just like you. Like I'm laying around and I've got nothing. I'm just inside of this locked cage and I have no idea how to get out. Just like you have no way of getting out. You know, and I just remember just being super young and just thinking that and being like, what is going on? You know, and like, again, then it comes in like, does anybody love me? Like, am I loved at all? Like, do you not, does he not care? You know, um, but then the following weekend, he actually came. So that weekend he didn't come. And then the following weekend he came and uh, we ended up, um, I, we ended up staying, having a good time, you know, played with Wimpy again, came back. My mom says, we're going to move. So we, yeah, I know, funny, huh? For a wiener dog. It makes sense though. So eventually we moved from, from there and uh, um, we moved from Auburn. We moved to Kent. We moved in this house and I'm still being rebellious towards Paul. And now I'm being more rebellious towards my mom. My mom, I'm not drinking anymore at all. Huh. At this point, I'm just like, how old are you? I'm 10. Okay. So I'm still 10. Wow. So, and um, so I just go. So I'm just being really rebellious and stuff. And um, I go, I wish I could just live with my dad. And my mom's like, I can make that happen. And she called him. And literally that day, he came and picked me up. And I had all my stuff in. And of course, you know, now I'm homesick too, because now I miss my mom. And I'm like, this is yeah. weird. Now I'm with you permanently. And I know that now. Um, and so, yeah, so then we moved to, so I moved with him into wow. to Des Moines um, and um, Washington, not Illinois or anything like that, or where it is. Um, Iowa. Iowa. Iowa, whatever. <laughs> Iowa. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and you just threw an S in there, and there's not an S at the end. I said Iowa. I said no, Iowa. No, you said Des Moines. Des Moines? Oh, yeah. whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> so we're both Des wrong. Moines. Or right. Anyways, so. so <laughs> Des motto. Moines? Des Moines, Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Uh, so, anyway, so. <laughs> So we, uh, so I ended up moving with him into a trailer in Des Moines and, and living with him there. And we lived right off of 99 and there were, uh, it was, it was quite of a shock to me because it was heavily traffic of drugs, gangs, and prostitutes a lot. And it was a ton. Um, I shared this with you on, on Thursday and stuff like that. Um, that when I moved in with him, this is such a different kind of lifestyle that I've never experienced before. And I'm being thrown into the situation to where I now I really had no way out, right? Because now I'm saying I don't want to live with you guys. I think it's better somewhere else. And I thought it would be. And I ended up moving in with my dad. And probably within probably the first week or or so, um, I actually actually f- me and some friends that I developed around the neighborhood stuff. So we actually came there. I remember where it is. It's, it was down the little road that there there was from the trailer park. And it was off to this left side by this old white building. I don't even know what the building was. And there was actually a dead person like there. Wow. And I remember seeing that and just being like, whoa, like, like freaked. But I didn't say anything to my dad and say, you know, to them. Eventually, obviously, the cops came out and stuff. But like, I was quiet about it because I didn't want to. I thought, will I get in trouble? Is my dad going to be mad? Because I, I don't know who he is, you know, and stuff like that. And it, it, what's going to happen? Right. So I was really worried. But anyways, 
And there was just to like paint more of a picture also like this was, I mean, I remember hearing like gunshots and then people running over our porch and outside of my window. And I don't know if, I don't know if any of listeners, I'm sure some listeners and I don't know about you guys, but have ever lived in a trailer, mm-hmm. like a single wide, not even a double wide. It wasn't even fancy. It was this little yellow tube and the windows in the, in the, in the walls are super thin. They're like really thin. And sometimes, a lot of times you feel breezes coming through the window if you're not putting plastic over them. Whereas I heard a guy or a person, it could have been a woman, I don't know, yeah. run over the step, over the stairs case and stuff and come right outside my window. And I literally could hear them loading their gun like that. And then them running back through the fence on the other side and just more gunshots so and it's like so things like this it was different for me it was like what is this that's going on right and then i started not knowing how to deal with that so then when i would go visit my mom on the weekends i would drink Mm -hmm. because i didn't know how to deal with it Uh you know and i was like scared most of the time and i didn't understand like how like what's going on in this world that is not like anything i've experienced before um so that was really that was really hard for me but then eventually that that being scared now turned into like fear um, because my dad started being really physically abusive with me out of nowhere. Huh. I have no idea where it came from. Um, he started becoming like really mentally and super physically uh, more, I would say more mentally abusive than he was physically. He would be physical with me, um, but it was more mental. Um, and what I mean by that is he would, uh, for a long time I struggled with the ident- with my identity of like, again, who I am, where yeah. I belong and stuff. And whenever I'd get in trouble, he'd always, I, he would always have to, he'd always say, um, he'd be like, they call me Bubba when I was a kid. So they, he'd be like, who, uh, who do you think you are? And I'd be like, Bubba. And he's like, who? You're who? And I'd be like, uh, Bubba, you know? And he's like, he's like, no, you're nobody. You're nobody. So every time I did something wrong or anything, he always asked me like, who do you think you are? I always had to say, nobody nobody so that was like now on top of me and not understanding who i was younger now i'm now i'm I'm nobody now it's clarified like you are nobody so it you literally mean nothing so anything that happens to me anything that goes on from there it's you're nobody it doesn't matter it's irrelevant it it, no matter so i can i can be treated however i want people can treat me how they want i don't have to i don't have to stand up for myself if i don't want to i can i can die and it doesn't even matter at this point Mm -hmm. um and uh so that so that was a little rough that first year. At first, it was like really cool with him. We had a good time, and then it, yeah. then it just kind of went downhill. And then we decided we wanted to move. He's like, "Hey, let's move. Let's move. Let's you know, let's just let's start over. Let's start fresh. Let's just really start fresh with each other. Let's you know how." And, and I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, let's start over, kind of thing. Kind of like a wounded animal. Like, I trust you, you know, kind of thing. Cause you yeah. still feed me, yeah. clothe me." And uh, so he's like, "Let's move. To, let's move to Tacoma." And I'm like, "Okay, let's move to Tacoma." So I moved to Tacoma, I ended up going to school. We ended up um, renting a room. Uh, he rented the basement of a woman's house. I got one of the bedrooms upstairs um, and the abuse just all came back again. Just came back in. I'd sit, I'd be sitting there on the couch and we'd be hanging out. I thought we were having a good time watching like basketball or something or sports and he would get up and just punch me in the face for no wow. reason, just no reason. Just nothing, just without even warning. Like there would be no, it'd be like, ha ha ha, get up and then just physical. And it was just like, and I never understood that. And I also couldn't cry. So he wouldn't allow, I couldn't cry. He wouldn't allow me to cry. You cry, then it's more like kind of thing. So it became constantly suppressing of like all my emotions, all my feelings, you know, and just that constant abuse was just super heavy. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like I don't, I don't want to. Well, I'm surprised you're sitting here right now after going through all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
yeah. did. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think about this often. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think about it often. Um, that's nice. But I'll get to that point, and that's yeah. where this is yeah. where this that's yeah. where it's cool. That's where the, where I can be here sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll just skip further ahead. So just abuse happens and stuff like that. Things happen, and and you know I am still drinking now. I'm also doing drugs, dude. Now I'm, you know I'm smoking pot, and then it went to pot, and then it went to you know shrooms, and then it went to snort coke at times and stuff like that. And now I'm 11, 12, kind of like that area and stuff. <laughs> I dude, I know, I know. Um, wow. And then it becomes a part where now I now and the abuse isn't it's no more it's not physical stuff anymore so much um, as it is just now neglecting me him staying out and him staying away from me and stuff and me not knowing where he's at and now it's like me always like well where is he is he okay kind of thing and now I'm like worried about him right you know and stuff and um, yeah he didn't drink he didn't do drugs when he was with me that I'm that I'm aware of. There's never alcohol or anything in the house, so so there's also things that that find I still think like how can you be that way? Um, hmm. Just to go sidetrack real fast, his parents. I grew up though knowing his parents though, my grandma and grandpa, which were his mom and dad, um, and I grew up around them because they would bring me over Christmas Eves. So I knew him, but he was never involved in my life, huh. not the whole time, but it was yeah. just like for a small bit of probably like four or five years and stuff. So I got so I got to know that side of his family before I really actually even got to know him. You know, and nobody ever talked about him. They were always hush hush around me and my older sister Corey. But the crazy thing is, his parents, my grandma, and grandpa, amazing people. I'd go over to their house and stuff, and my grandpa, my grandma would be like cooking, and my grandpa would always like grab my grandma, and they'd be listening to music, and they would just dance in the kitchen together. And I just remember seeing that and being like, I want that. Like I, mm. I hope I get that someday. You know, I hope I feel that loved. You know, and stuff. And 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 now I feel like I have that in my wife, which is awesome because it's the same way with. Her and I, um, yeah, she's very loving, caring stuff. So it's been cool. That's why her but, toes are so jacked up. You keep stepping. Yeah, because I keep stepping on them. That's why they look like boat, small boats. Um, <laughs> getting flatter and flatter. But um, I'm ne- I have no idea what your toes look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going with it. Um, but um, but anyway, so now 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 as as times going now times getting old, and I'm getting older now. Now I'm 13, 14, probably about 14 years old. About to no, I was about to turn 14 years old. Um, one day, I um, I got I, I the kids. So some of the kids that were in the house, they would break stuff, and I'd always take the I'd always say, "Oh, it's my fault." My dad would be like, "Who did this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I did," because I didn't want him to hit them and be abusive towards them. So I took a lot of the punishments because I was also one of the oldest kids. So I was like, "I will constantly take all the punishment." Um, we um, so there was there was a time that he he was he was hitting me. And I ended up, my mom would be like, hey, come over this weekend. Like, you're going to come over this weekend. I'm like, no, I got soccer because I played a lot of soccer when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, no, no. And really what it was, it was just like to like heal, you know, a cut or, you know, a black eye or something swollen, you know, kind of thing. And, and that's really what it was. Well, we went outside and played basketball one time and we were playing and I was beating him in a, just a game. Like, you know, like I beat you and he tripped me just like you tripped me. Uh, no, yeah. but no, just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, so we were out there and we we're playing basketball and he actually like pushed me down and like shoved me really hard and I fell and hit the curb with my forearm like right in the middle and my whole forearm was uh, just really badly cut. It didn't break it or anything. I didn't need stitches but it instantly bruised and just scratched up my whole arm. Um, I tried to hide from my mom and she's like, no, I'm coming to get you. You know, I'm going to come get you and you're going to come but I kept quiet and I just wore long sleeves and it's like summertime so I'm like, it, like why are you wearing some long sleeve sweaters and stuff like that? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just kind of cold kind of thing and I was lying. Well, I went and took a shower and came out 
and I forgot that I had that for some reason. And I went like this to the table and I put my elbows on the table and put my hands together. And mom's like, what's up with your arm? Like what happened right there? And I'm like, what? And I was like, oh, nothing. I was like, nothing. I try to like, you know, hide it kind of thing. And uh, I was like, nothing else. Like I just fell kind of thing. She's like, you just fell? She's like, that doesn't look like you just kind of fell, you know, kind of thing. I was like, well, I just fell. And she's like, she's like, come on. She's like, tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. She was like, you're not going to be in trouble if you just tell me the truth. And I said, okay. So I told her the truth. And, and then, you know, she's explicit, explicit, explicit. You know, now she's trying to be hero. Um, and again, I having, I didn't even explain the rest of my relationship in that time frame yeah. with my mom also. It was very neglectful still too. Um, and, um, and manipulative. She was super manipulative towards me a lot. Um, and uh, she'd always ask me questions like, um, am I a good mom? And it's like when she's being a bad mom, because she knew she was being bad. So I'd have to be like, yeah, yeah, you're a great mom. What are you talking about? You know. So there's like weird things like that with her. It was it got yeah. it's more than that, but it's like that's always the one that sticks out to my head. Hmm. Anyway, so anyway, she goes to my dad. She confronts my dad, and my dad's like, "What? What are you talking about? He just fell. Blah blah. We just played a little basketball, and he fell, kind of thing." And and she's like, you know. And then my stepdad actually came with her, and he got out of the car, and he he was actually a bodybuilder, so he got out of the car, and he's like. <laughs> so like 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 you weren't ever gonna put your hands on him again, kind of thing, and and stuff. And I'm and I'm sitting there like, I'm probably gonna have to come back to this house. And I instantly was just think. Uh, yeah, then I started like, like inside, just like, I'm, I'm I'm stone cold on the outside, but inside I'm like freaking out, like completely like losing my mind because I didn't think like, oh well, they're just gonna take me right now, and then I'm gonna be, you know. Anyways, so anyways, that happens. I end up actually moving in with my nana. Um, we thought that that was probably the best option, moving with my nana because Paul and I still had. Because I'd still go visit on the weekends. I'd still him and I'd still kind of butt heads. So I ended up moving in with my Nana, being with her. Uh, so she pretty much raised me from 14 until I left the house at 17. Once school, once I was done with high school. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout high school, I just played sports. I tried to, sorry, try to keep my you know head above water and just try to like really, really focus and just try not to be bad. Like you know, I, I'm given this kind of like second chance kind of thing, and I'm gonna be nice to you know, I'm gonna be good for my Nana. Kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up uh, leaving. I ended up um, so as as time goes, stuff like that. I, I felt like I did pretty well, I guess. You know, I was just a teenager, just, you know, stayed out and stuff. But I was still respectful when she said being at this time, I'd come in, kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, so geez, now I'm trying to think of how to keep moving forward from this without being super long, because um, I'm sure we're already deep. But um, so uh, so then eventually it comes to a point where then I move out of my Nana's house and or I'm still with my Nana and I get a girlfriend and um, we end up um, having premarital sex mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it was one of those like high school things like, hey, you know, we just doing our thing kind of thing, you know, right? And then it was like, hey, by the way, you're going to be a dad. And it was like, oh, crap, like I'm about to be a dad. I'm about to be a dad. So it was just like, dang. Yeah, yeah. And this is where Logan comes in. And I remember I called my mom and I'm like, it's weird. I was like nervous, but I was like to tell her, but I was like super excited. I'm like, I'm going to be a dad though. Like, you know, I'm, right. it's okay. I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a way better dad. I'm going to be a way better parent than my parents were. And I'm, you know, kind of like that Will Smith thing. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a honey and I'm going to have a whole lot of kids. You know, I'm going to be a better father than he ever kind of was, you know, and uh, I just needed uh, Uncle Phil. I really did need him to hug me. Yeah. I really need that guy to hug me. Um, so, so I tell my mom and my mom goes, well, what are you going to do? That's like the very first question. She's like, oh my God, like, what are you going to do? And I was like, what do you mean what am I going to do? She's like, you can't have a baby. You're too young. You need to tell her, um, I'm not going to put her name out there, but you need yeah, to yeah. tell her to abort that baby 
And I was like, I was like, and I'm not a Christian at this time. I wasn't. Oh, by the way, I was not raised Christian at all. I was not raised Christian. I was not in a Christian household. I think we or, all yeah, I know, but still, I still, I still want to clarify. I still, I, hey, but there's lots of people that say they're Christian, and, you, and yeah. so, so I have to clarify that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, so, so what happens is she says that, and I remember being, huh. like, and I, I, I told her I was like, what? I was like, I'm gonna take care of my kid. I'm not gonna do that. I would never murder a child. I would never do that. I will not do that. And that was like the one time that then I felt like that was kind of like almost like this like weird stake in the ground that was like, I think we need distance from each other. Like I don't want to be around you at all because I felt like that was so wrong at the time. I don't have, I didn't have the conviction that I have now, but it was just like, that is wrong. That's like, that's like really messed up that you would say that. And this is going to be your grandchild, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And I'm thinking like, again, this is like a child, you know? And, and anyway, so, so I said, that's not going to happen. Mm. I don't, I can't talk to you right now. And I said, I got to get a phone. So anyways, got a phone. Anyways, I move out, I move out. Um, me and, uh, my boy Logan and his mom, we get a place and stuff and, and it's going really well. And, and then things just start falling apart. Just young, stupid kids, you know, not knowing how to, she had her issues. I had my issues. Um, not knowing how to be mature about our issues and how to address them with each other. Um, or even just alone. We didn't understand how that, so it was just a lot of conflict, a lot of conflict. Eventually she moved, she moved and went to Forks. And I realized as a, and then I went to partying. Then I went like heavy partying once he left and she left. Cause I was just like, well, I ain't got nothing else. Now I'm done. Right. So obviously I've skipped ahead pregnancy right. and everything, but, yeah. um, so anyway, so then I started kind of like raging out and, um, and then I realized like that's, this isn't, this isn't how you do things. This isn't part of being a man. Like you need to go be responsible for your son and you need to go back and win them over. And I was like, okay. So I moved out to Forks for two months. I moved out to Forks for two months. Um, for the first month and a half, like, I, I yeah, place? yeah, it was really weird. It was a difficult struggle. Like, there, ding, 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 right? <laughs> so I was like, I was like, so yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all the women had no teeth, but no. Uh, <laughs> And heads up, there are no sparkling vampires. But so I get a job. So I get a job. I instantly just get a job. So I, I've always, I've had a job since I was 15. I've mm. just had a consistent just work. Always. I have to work. Um, so I get a job, live out there probably for the first month and a half, living out of my car, showering in the river, like taking showers, you know, bathing wow. in the river. Because I want, my thing was I wanted to be with Logan and so bad. Dang. I wanted to just be with him. I wanted him to understand like at the end of the day, like I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be a good dad. Sorry, a cat just came in. Cat just came in. The, the garage. Um, Chad's. Um, so we, uh, so anyways, yeah, just, uh, I just wanted to be close to him. Well, anyways, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. It didn't go as I planned. So then I ended up living with this woman that was a Mormon and she was, so I ended up moving with her. I know I'm skipping ahead. I know I'm going fast. Just yeah. hang with me. Um, so I ended up that last six months, I ended up living with this woman. She's like, Hey, um, it was a really tiny room, probably a closet. And, uh, she goes, Hey, I'm gonna have some friends. Over. We're gonna have some people from our church over, um, for dinner. Do you want to join us? And I was like, that's free food. Yeah, that's a meal. Right. So I was like, okay. And she goes, I just want you to know they are the elders of our church. And I was like, I don't know what that is, nor do I care. And she goes, they're Mormon. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, kind of thing like, all right, the food's still there. yeah, yeah, it's like it's like there will be knives and forks, right? You no, know, unless we're having tacos, but no. So, uh, so anyway, so they come over and they start sharing 
not the gospel. And they start sharing all this stuff about, you know, Latter-day Saints and they're laying out all this, this pyramid of like, you know, the apostles and how it works up to the prophet now and, 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 and all this weird stuff. And I remember just asking them, they're like, do you, they go, they go, do you know anything about Mormonism? And I'm like, isn't it a cult? I was like, I was like, that's all I know about it, that it's a cult. And they're like, they're like, no, well, people say that, but it's not a cult. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm not like, okay, like, stepping like stupid. I'm just like, okay, like, that's all I know about it. I don't know of anything oh, else. Fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, I was cool like, story, uh, and he's like, I was like, and so they started sharing more and more and more. And I was like, okay. And they're like, hey, do you want to come to church with us? And I was like, sure. So I went to their church one weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, is there more food? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but so then I go and I'm sitting there, I'm staring around everything and I'm just kind of looking around the church. And I'm like, man, there's something missing. Eventually it gets to the end and I'm like, there's no crosses in their church. I'm like, why do you guys not have crosses? Oh, wow. And like, why would we glorify uh, something that that Jesus died on? We want to we want to glorify his resurrection. And I was like, interesting. Okay. I was like, I don't understand that, but all right. And go through a class. But anyway, so move ahead. Wow. Another week comes by. The next week comes by, and they're like, hey, uh, they come back for dinner that during the middle of the week, and they're like, hey, do you want to do you want to come to church again? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they're like, we'll pick you up Sunday. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, but first, we want you to pray about this. Have you been praying? And I was like, well, I don't know. What, what what do you pray? What do you mean pray? So they're like, well, if you cross your arms and you feel it burning in your bosom, like you know, you'll and ask if this is true, then you'll know, kind of thing. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, it'll feel kind of like a warm sensation. Like you'll just you'll just know. Trust me, you'll know. And I said, okay. So I ended up that night praying I did not cross my arms at first and I was like oh maybe I'm doing it wrong so then I like crossed my arms like they said it's like this hand to elbow or something I don't know what it was but they showed me a picture in one of their pictures a guy praying like that yeah and then the guy goes and I just go God I have no idea who you are I don't even know if I'm even praying anything or if I'm just talking to myself but if this is a church that you want me to go to if you want me to be a Mormon then let them show up Sunday to pick me up and take me to church but if they're not and it's not a church that you want me to be a part of then, uh, yeah, if it's, yeah, if it's a church that you want me to be, then let them show up. If it's not a church that you don't want to be in, then don't let them show up. Sunday came around. They didn't show up. Then they came back and they're like, Hey, they're like, Hey, sorry, man, we didn't pick you up on Sunday. We didn't pick you up on Sunday. And they go, um, and they go, they go, you know, we just, we had to pick up our Bishop and, uh, we had some card problems. So we just weren't able to get to you in time. And I was just like, wow. uh, I think I'm good now. And I told him, well, I prayed and this is what I asked. And you said to do this and it didn't work. And now you guys aren't here. And he's like, there he goes. And he goes like this, awesome. he goes like this. He goes, well, you can't, he's like, he's like, you can't pray something like that. And it falls on man. Like that's man's responsibility. I was like, but you asked me to pray for yeah. that. Like that doesn't make sense. I was like, so I'm good. I was like, I think I'm okay right now. I was wow. like, I think I'm not going to do it. And then I instantly just was like, I'm going to study Mormonism like a madman. And while trying to reference to the Bible that I had no idea, right? Hmm. Um, so anyway, so move ahead, move ahead, move ahead, move ahead. I come back and I go back to partying. I go back. I just, I eventually it just doesn't work out with um, my son's mom. Forks thing. Yeah, the forks yeah. thing just doesn't work out. And I'm like, I have to go back home because I need to like live. I need to have better pay and I need to be able mm -hmm. to support Logan in a better way. And I need to be able to get a better job because I'm tired of being a prep cook slash janitor slash dishwasher at a restaurant like I, i'm not going to do that for the rest of my life yeah besides so, that what do you do clean the beaches and stuff like, right what else is out yeah there? right and chop wood um yeah. but um so so i just leave and i come back and then i completely go then i completely like fall into my alcoholism and it just mm -hmm. and now it's now i'm in a dark spot where I'm, I'm not suicidal i've never thought that way i've never been that way but i just now i'm just partying all week every weekend 
just go until I'm blocked out. I, w- I would sit in my room. I'd rent it out, uh, or I didn't rent. I have a buddy um, that I his pa- grandparents let me stay because I was like I grew up with him, so we we're like really close family, and um, and I would sit in their room and I'd go get like you know like I was telling you I'd go get like a fifth of you know of of whatever the cheapest like rum or the cheapest whiskey or vodka or whatever or half gallon i'd sit in the room and i would drink it till i literally passed out till i couldn't stay awake anymore till i didn't know what was going on until like friends would come over and we'd drink and i'd go out and drive and stuff and they'd be like man remember when we got here and stuff i'm like i have no idea and they're like you drove the whole time and i'm like i don't remember any of it right so it became one of those things where it was like wow that's super dangerous and i could have killed a lot of my friends and myself and that didn't stop there, but eventually I got a job at Jiffy Lube, and I started working on Jiffy Lube. I feel like this is super long, so I apologize to anybody, uh, everybody. But so we get—I know it's probably, dude, it's super long. Okay, let's see. Yeah, it's long. Anyway, so we're past that hour. So anyway, so I'll skip ahead really quick. So then, what happens? Is I get a job at Jiffy Lube, and I start reading this little pamphlet that's actually. I'll skip ahead, but you continue. No, no. Well, I have to get there because I have to. This is how you get there. Dang it, jeez, and. Uh, you said be real, all right. So I'm trying no, to be yeah, real. Be so real, this is gonna be our longest podcast. Uh, yeah. And uh, so yeah, maybe <laughs> if you keep talking. Let's get that. Uh, so uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm in Jiffy. So, okay, I'm I ain't scared. scared. I know I'm about son. <laughs> so I get to Jiffy Loop, and I start working there. And there's like this little like daily bread, little book of John kind of just or whatever it was, just like a single little book of paper, book of John. And I remember working underneath there, and there's a girl named Kelly, and she's like, "Hey, what are you doing down there?" And I'm like, and oh, "She I'm goes just, to our church." And she goes to our church. So she goes to our church. Yeah. So she goes. And she's married to Brian. Brian. To, to Brian, who works at one. Kelly works at Kelly yeah. Larson. Kelly Larson. Yeah. yeah. No yeah, yeah. So I get this job, and she, no she and I'm working way. down in the pit underneath the cars. And she wow. goes, she goes, hey, what are you doing down there? I'm like, just reading this hey, little idiot. Yeah. She, well, she wasn't. She, it was more like, hey, stupid. But she was. Like, so so she's sitting awesome. there. So she sits. So she goes, hey, what are you reading down there? I'm like, all oh, this like little book of John or whatever. And she's like, oh, cool. She's like, are you a Christian? And I knew. I remember she's super excited. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not a Christian. And she goes, she goes, well, why are you reading that? I was like, I don't know. It's just. And I go. I go. I go, I go, I go, well, it's down here kind of thing. So it's like, it's down here. So I'm just reading it. It's, I don't know who put it down. I still just don't know who put it down there. Maybe she did, you know, kind of like plant that seed. So anyways, so I'd work underneath the cars and at the Jiffy Lube, you always had to take the oil filter out. They always had to sign in, check it, whatever, people up top. She would write actual Bible verses on the, on the, on the, uh, on the little oil filters. Wow. So I'd be like, read them and it'd be in the Bible verse. And I knew it was obviously from Bible. I'm not stupid. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I put it on. And every time, every you know, three months or whatever, they come through. I'm like, hey, one of your, uh, one of your, uh, one of your oil filters came in. I take it off and show her. She's like, cool. Then she write me a new verse stuff like that. And she'd be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, nothing. She goes, she goes, well, do you want to, do you want to come to a church group? It's on a Thursday night. It's called the Upper Room. And I was like, no, I'm good, kind of thing. And I was like, no, I'm okay. Hard yeah, 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 yeah. That's gonna be a negative because uh, I have a lot of blacking out doing. So, especially with this job. But, um, but so, so eventually she just kept asking, asking, asking. Probably six months worth. Just, hey, what are you doing? Hey, do you want to come? Hey, do you? Wow. But it wasn't like, but she wasn't like forcing. It was just like, hey, what do? You, hey, do you want to come? Did you? Is it this week? Do you want to come this week? And I was like, no, I'm good. Like kind of thing. And it became, and we started building this like weird bond. Uh, it was well, it was a nice bond. It wasn't weird. Um, and I go, no, no, no. And I was like, all right, finally, six months later, I was like, finally, okay, yes, I'll come. She's like, you, you promise? And I was like, yeah, I promise, I'll come, geez. So I finally come and and, uh, and this is this is like, I feel like this was the coolest, this is like my favorite part of my testimony. Uh, well, it's not my favorite, it's like one of the steps towards um, seeing God's complete goodness in my life, um, is that uh, 
I don't know any of these people, and actually Jamie was there too. So um, Carlisle. Are so you yeah, serious? yeah. So she's what there the too. Crap? Yeah. So like, she's so 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 I pull up. Yeah. So I yeah, and she's awesome oh. too. So yeah. um, so I pull up, and uh, I knock on the door, and um, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Byron kind of thing and, and stuff. And I yeah yeah dark crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Reform, being reformed isn't <laughs> biblical. <laughs> How dare you? No, uh, so, 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 so I walk in. So, so I'm like, hey, you know, Byron, stuff like that. And I just through the door, and I see this little half bald, bearded guy, kind of white hair and stuff, standing there. And all of a sudden, I see him like perk up and like, and I see him kind of like walk very quickly up the stairs and run out and kind of like almost like a floating run or something. I don't know what it is. And he gets up the stairs and he gets to me. No, no, no. He's my height. He's our height. He's a phantasm. Yeah. <laughs> he was on, he was on like one of those little line things that you zip tie. No. Um, he had he's angel wings and there's a sunlight. <laughs> no. So anyway, so he gets up there and before I say anything, he just like hugs me. Like literally, just like throws his arms around me, wow. and I'm gonna like stop for a second so I don't cry because it's always the, like I I still remember that feeling. And again, like first time in your life. it's like the first time in my life I felt mm-hmm. loved and I felt like a man loved me, and he just like hugged me. And it wasn't this like like Elmira to animals like I'm squeezing the death out of you, but it was just like this like warm like I love you, like I I care so much for you, like you're you're. Yeah, I love you, kind of thing, you know. And it was just like, and I remember my arms being down to the side, but I was also told kind of like, well, what do I do, right? And so, so my hands are down to my side, and I kind of just flip my <laughs> wrist up. So I, so I flip my hands. So I flip my wrists up, and I just kind of pat his like mid back. Like that's all I do. Like I don't know what else wow. to do. And 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 he goes, he goes, he goes like, oh, I'm so happy you made it. And everybody else in the room was like. Hi, and they're like hi, and they're like all like happy that I was there, I, and they all kind of sat, and I sat at the top of the stairs for a very long time. But so anyway, so I, I'm there, and I sit there, and I listen to the message, and I'm just, and he's like strip, just like shares the gospel, just it's just the gospel. Whatever he was probably doing, he stopped doing that, and he just strip, just fed the gospel, and it wow. was just like whoa, that's cool. I don't know what that is, but all right, cool. Anyways, long story short, I kept showing up every Thursday, showing mm. up, showing up. But I always sat at the top of the stairs every single time. I still felt mm. reserved, kind of just like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm still feeling y'all out. But every week he was always a hug from him, always a hug from him. It was never, it was never anything different. It wasn't, hey man, how you doing? It was like, a, it's like, hey brother, you know, just hugging me and stuff like that. And just very much loving me. Anyways, uh, so time goes on, time goes on. I'm still very worldly still and then you know still drinking and still getting you know but then still going to this group still trying to figure out like what's going on um eventually he go he reaches out to me he's like hey what are you doing for lunch and i'm like uh nothing he goes hey i'll come to lunch i'll buy and i was like sweet okay come out to lunch yeah Yeah. i was like free food again you're not mormon are you but (laughs) so so he so he yeah yeah. so he so he so he comes out and he and he has lunch with me and he he buys lunch and stuff and and uh we're sitting there just kind of talking and everything like that and he goes and he kind of looks at the clouds again and we're kind of looking at clouds and stuff because they're really funny he he was just talking about how amazing god is that like he could have a cloud that holds tons of rain that could crush us but you know but it stays there and it doesn't allow it to crush us and just all these like things i've never heard anybody talk about and stuff and talking about god in a way that was just like yeah like i was like dude i haven't done anything all week no no yeah yeah has gone bad but um so so we sit there and he goes hey i'm gonna go to men's group do you want to go and i was like no i don't have any kind of like money for that he's like no 
I'll pay for you. Don't worry about. It. By the way, he's a he's a uh, retired Coast Guard guy, um, and um, he. Uh, but anyways, he's like he's like no, don't worry about. It. I'll pay for you. Don't even worry about it. Just be at my house at this time. And I was like, okay, fine. So I go and I just go home and I'm sitting and I'm just like drinking and I start thinking of him and I'm just thinking of like how nice he was and I'm just thinking like mm. like is this how is this how I'm supposed to be if he's being nice to me like I know he wants me to go to this bible thing but I don't you know and I was like I don't know and I didn't stop drinking I mean to be honest I didn't stop drinking I was just like I don't know so went back to drinking anyways so that weekend that it was like maybe a month later or something like that and that weekend that we leave we go and we're sitting there and uh, we're, we're this big black guy is up on the front and he's the muscle guys, you know, they, they tore the phone oh books and stuff God. like that. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm watching this guy and I'm like, this is the power, hour? the power hour, whatever it is. Oh yeah. Dude, whatever it is. So there's, there was a big black guy and there's a big white guy just jacked. Right. And no pun intended. And, uh, and, uh, they go, there's like, yeah. And they're like, come on, cheer, pump it up. And I'm like, I'm not clapping. This, like I, this is dude, weird, yeah, and they're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, like, oh, and people are like, oh, you know, some of the dudes, some of the in the younger, like the younger kids are like freaking out, like, ah, oh. he's like, can anybody, anybody want to come up here and do this? I don't know why I sound like Rex Quando from the point I might, anybody wants to get roundhouse kick in the room with these, these bad boys. No, anyways, so uh, anyway, so he they do that and stuff, and, and eventually then the the the, um, the black gentleman um, starts preaching and and stuff, and he goes, hey, I just want everybody to close your eyes real fast. But he was giving this sermon, I just was I couldn't stop watching him back and forth on the on the stage and all the little gimmicks were gone and stuff and I'm just watching him and I it was like literally like one of those Holy Spirit moments where this is for you mm-hmm. I'm now I'm calling you okay I'm not I'm not this isn't playtime like this is for you I'm and not ditching you yeah yeah like this is real mm-hmm. and, and I was sitting there and I was staring at the guy. He goes, "Hey, you know, brothers, come on, let's let's uh, let's let's close our eyes." So I'm like, thinking like, what are you all gonna do?" Like, so I'm like, "Okay." So I'm like, you know, trying to like, just all right, close my eyes, be relaxed, be cool, man, be cool. Anyways, so then, yeah, then anyways, he's preaching, preaching, preaching. He's like, "Does if anybody would like to give their life, you know, to Christ and stuff, you know, it's, it's that kind of you know." And I was like, "He's like, just raise your hand." And I'm like thinking, I'm like super embarrassed in myself because I'm just like, I don't know, do, do I want this? Do it? Is this something? And then eventually he was like, you know, if, and he keeps going. And then eventually I raised my hand and he goes, I see you, brother. I see you, brother. And I was going to look around and see like if he actually saw me or if it, there was, oh, and I see you and I see you and see if he was lying. Uh, yeah. But I just, for some reason, I just felt like it's all right. Like, it's okay. Just, just keep your eyes closed. Mm. So I kept my eyes closed and, uh, and, uh, mm. and we opened our eyes anyways. And then he goes, he goes, all right. He's like, all right, brothers, all you guys that raised your hand. And I still this day, he's like, why don't we just do it with our eyes open? We're all going to move anyways. He's like, all you guys that raised your hand and want to be, you know, give their life to Christ, go in this back room, you know, where, the, where there's some guys that would love to pray for you. I'm thinking like, who's, who's going to fight in the back room? Like, like, <laughs> like, are they about to beat me? They were just you know? ripping some books. So anyway, so I go back there and stuff. And I remember I, remember I, uh, I was actually the first person that got to the door and I opened the door. And the very first person that was standing there was Gene. And he was like weeping. Like just, like I don't, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like he was, I've never seen a grown man cry as hard as I saw him cry, and he was just like weeping, and he just hugged me, and he just goes, "Can I talk you out of this?" <laughs> That's exactly what he said, and I was like, wow. "What?" And he goes, "Can I talk you out of this?" And I said, 
uh, still is like, what do you, I, I, hold on, I'm saying that I want this and stuff. And he goes, because this will be the hardest thing in your life that you will ever do. It'll never be the same from here on out. Your life will never be the same. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> like I trust you, like this first man I really trust. And he goes, well, let's pray. And I don't want, I'm not saying that you need to say like, Jesus come into my heart. Mm-hmm. I just want you to sit here and just repent. And I just want you to ask God for forgiveness of all your sins. And I want you to just, just let's just pray. Let's just talk and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it was just very much just like, okay. Wow. And after that, and he goes, and he just goes, and we'll work through this. And every day he pursued me every single day. And after that, I was just like, yeah, well, I want to commit my life to Christ. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what that looks like. I was like, but he's like, you know, do you believe you're a sinner? And I was like, yeah, I believe a sinner. You know, do you believe, you know, and he just went through everything. I was like, I was like, yeah, I actually do. I really do believe that. And he's like, he's like, okay. He's like, now we get to work. And that's all he said. He wasn't like, now you're saved. He was just like, now we get to work. And that was it. And I have no idea what that even meant at the time. I was like, okay, okay, kind of thing. So anyways, we leave and time goes on and I'm still really worldly. I'm still in the world, still trying to figure this, you know, this whole thing out and stuff. And anyways, time goes on. Um, I'm trying to think of how to, how to wrap this up. So um, yeah, time goes on. And then and then I end up getting, um, yeah, eventually I become saved. Uh, I'm, I'm saved by Christ. Um, and then I'm baptized on Father's Day. Um, and my Nana showed up. She's the only one that showed up and uh, was there and watched, and that was really cool. Like, she just smiled at me. That's all she did, um, which was really cool. She's a really sweet person. Um, and Gene was the one that baptized me, mm-hmm. and he's the one that, and I said, I don't want anybody else to be in there but other than you. Like, I want you, and we talked about, like, what does it mean to be baptized? Why Why would you be baptized? What's the point? So anyways, worked through that, and that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but I was still worldly. I was still worldly at that time, and I was still very much in the world, and and uh, anyways, the fast forward, I'm gonna fast forward way far, okay? Yeah. And then I'll wrap it up. But so I'm, so now, I, now I'm, sanctification is still crooked a little bit, you know, there's still like, you know, wandering, like, oh, what's that over how, here? How old were you when you accepted Christ um, at that event? I would say tw- 22. So it's about 22. So it's about and 22. You met Sarah when? I didn't meet Sarah for another four years. Wait. Three years, sorry. Mm-hmm. I guess that's easy math, but yeah, three years. Um, I met her at a party. She threw away my number. <laughs> this story is really cool, but I'm not going to share the whole thing. Yeah, 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 because yeah, you guys are all probably already zoned out, anyways. But um, <laughs> uh, so, anyways, no, we. So I met I met Sarah, and then um, again, still professed to be Christian at this time. Now I'm like, you know, this is years later and stuff. And then I really backslid and mm-hmm. um, and started pers- living a life of like premarital sex with her um mm. totally just like live in the world and uh we ended up moving in together um i ended up getting her pregnant um and uh just being an idiot just being super stupid and uh but then the, it does change it, i mean this does change again so and getting pregnant realized like this is really sinful this is really wrong and she'd always be like well if you say that you have these convictions and it's wrong then why do we keep doing it uh-huh. Okay, you know, like Holy Spirit moment kind of thing. Working was she through a it. Christian at that she point? was not a Christian. She wow. wasn't a Christian at all. So then we moved While forward. She's pregnant with a river. Yeah, she says that. So I ended up sleeping on the couch for until we actually got married. I ended up actually just sleeping on the couch while she was in the room. 
Um, anyways, we move ahead. Mars Hill comes to Mars Hill. We leave my old church with Jean and all of them, and we go to Mars Hill. Um, she, we hear a sermon, a bunch of sermons like "How dare you?" that one and stuff like that. And that was like very much like "Please don't break up with me." When she was, you know, when he's like putting your hands on a woman, not your wife. And I was thinking like, "Girl, please don't break up with me," like, you know. Um, and uh, so, anyway, so it became that. And then she started the Holy Spirit, like really started convicting her life and stuff. And she, wow, she. Became a follower of Christ, she gave her life to Christ, and and uh, got baptized um, How on old Easter. Was River at that point, so River wasn't born yet. So okay. so she got baptized right before we found out that she was okay. um, pregnant with River, right. and that's why we started live, sleeping on the couch. But the part that finally transformed for me was we had a sermon series. If you guys remember Ephesians, yeah. and uh, and it was titled "Who Do You Think You Are." Mm-hmm. Same question my dad would always ask me: "Who do you think mm-hmm. you are?" So that instantly brought everything back oh, yeah. it was like i mean everything so while everybody maybe was going through it and having a good old time or not even caring i was struggling like, this yeah. Is huge. yeah and it was super heavy for me and were you alone going through that sermon series no i was with sarah up? i was with no, sarah no, no, no. like did did you open up to somebody at mars hill uh like, like no to, no just okay. sarah just sarah wow. just talked to sarah about it um and she was awesome sarah was so good she was like praying for me all the time hmm. um yeah i have a good wife Wow. Um, and uh, sorry, hold on. Getting me, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, she is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, so that that so yeah, talking to her through that um, that was really good. But it was so cool because then it became this like thing was like all the stuff that even Gene was teaching me and discipling because he, he was still discipling me and, and stuff. And I never talked to Gene about this stuff for some weird reason. Um, I just didn't ever want. I didn't want him to feel like. I didn't know if he could handle it, so I wanted I didn't want to put that on him. Yeah. And uh, but then I put it on Sarah, which makes no sense. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I know. So anyways, so anyways, so uh, that sermon came, and it was just like, no, you are loved, you are cherished, you are cared for. You know, um, you are loved by the Creator. You know, you like God has created you and loves you, and He has a purpose for you, and and it's not to do you harm. And it was just like this total, just like. Like uh, Pilgrim's Progress, when the baggage just comes right off Christian's shoulders, dude, and yeah. he's like, oh, and he can just breathe. It was very much like that, where it was just like, wow. oh my God, like, thank you. Like, I feel <laughs> world's better. Like, you know, like I could literally float, you know, kind of thing. And it was, and that, and that was like the turning point on every, on, and everything that, um, for my walk, that, that like really changed everything of like God's, it was like a huge, I believe he he worked through Mark to like really help clarify how good he was. That drew me to then draw me to scripture to then see how amazingly wonderful he is. And I'm not saying that some pithy way, like yeah. truly amazing and wonderful. And like I was in complete awe of God of just as much as I could for being a man. And it was like the first time that I actually just again felt loved by God. Now it was like I actually feel loved by God and I really saw that my worth is in him it's not what I was in the past or what people think I am now or you know or anything like that it doesn't it, it my past and who I was or what I did or didn't do didn't define me it's now Christ that defines me and it was just like wow so anyways I'm gonna end on that so it's awesome. yeah God was pretty amazing it is amazing yeah so it's a lot man yeah. like yeah uh, the trauma that you experienced um, from everybody, yeah. uh, I feel like uh, your grandparents were like the only 
hope yeah. that you had that there was goodness, at the time the, yeah. there was goodness ahead yeah and yeah because like I, as you were sharing I'm, I'm just thinking like man if I went to that personally like I don't know if I would be alive yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like so it's so it's awesome that you're here and that like God gave you those little moments in like all that darkness yeah <clears throat> that's nuts yeah, I just wonder, too, how many, <clears throat> if anybody in the church goes through that as well, like you did. Mm-hmm. Quietly suffering. I mean, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that, I think that's the thing about um, modern Christianity is that I don't think we have, I don't think we've gotten over this um, being vulnerable status yet, you know? Mm-hmm. We, yeah. ha- we always have to mask ourselves we yeah. can't show weakness and I, and I think that's how our culture is mm-hmm. you can't show weakness you can't do this you always have to put a, a good face forward kind of mentality and I just wonder how many people within certain local churches are mm. living that life that you talked about yeah. and just like dying inside yeah. and not telling anybody about that and not walking alongside anybody because I think if somebody would have come alongside you earlier on in your life I think it obviously would have looked radically different. Sure, sure. You know, if <clears throat> if Gene would have came, if you were going to a church or something like that, and Gene came into your life, but yeah, that's yeah. neither here or there to say that. But um, yeah, I just wonder how many people are just silently suffering in church. Yeah, and it's just like we gotta be there to disciple people through yeah. that, or else huh, that's gonna lead to. I mean, to even some more darker places that I don't think you talked about, which could have been suicide or yeah. mm-hmm. I want to go kill myself or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where the side of Chad and I come from is, um, I think the whole time you were talking about like alcoholism, mm-hmm. uh, it reminded me of coming back from Afghanistan and I would have, <clears throat> I would have these thoughts of, I can't integrate back into society mm nobody is accepting me and I don't know how to interact with people. And so why don't I just end this? Like mm-hmm. I have that thought mm-hmm. a couple times of like, I just should end this. It should just be over. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just wondering how many people have gone through what you've gone through and they're just putting a good face forward and not being yeah. real with their brothers and sisters in Christ. So Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is mm-hmm. just like, <clears throat> Again, and I'm not like a standard, nor am I, you know, I don't know. I'm, and I'm not, I can't give like, oh yeah, you know, you just go talk to somebody. And I think you yeah. sh- I think people should, I think you should go talk to each other. But I think allowing yourself to be vulnerable is really important. Yeah. You know, it is really important to, to, it also helps your growth in Christ also, because you're being humble before him and saying, I don't have this figured out. I need help. Help me with somebody, especially if you are a Christian that confesses Christ, like, you know, find those brothers and sisters to rely on and, and be vulnerable and understand like it is scary to think like, well, people are going to judge me. They're probably going to think this about me or they, like I said about Gene, like, you know, I didn't feel like, I felt like he would not be able to handle it and then he would just kind of maybe push me away a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. And, but it wasn't like that, yeah. you know, and it's not like that. And it's, it's just, it's just my own fear of man or it's my own fear of just my past thinking that it'll never get better, you know, kind of thing. So it doesn't matter. They're not going to be able to help me. You know, I just need Christ, you know, and I mean, which is true too in that, but it's like, but he also gives us fellowship, you know, there's community and stuff mm-hmm. also. 
Um, so I think yeah. what's interesting about your story is that like you were saved at that point um, from a phone book being ripped. Yeah. <laughs> the dude was jacked. He had yeah. huge muscles. Yeah, I was like, a little intimidated. <laughs> like like you were yeah. saved at that point, but uh, until you like the sanctification process. Yeah, was, man. I mean, the sanctification process like was where it was at a climax was when you were able to process all of your trauma with your dad. Yeah. I mean, the core of it is you being nobody. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Th- like, that was a truth for you personally. Mm-hmm. And when that truth was crushed and revealed as a lie, yeah. the amount of uh, pressure that was relieved, you, I mean, the words you used a second ago were that you felt weightless. Yeah. And I think, to your point, Jack, like, like that is what Jesus gives you is he gives you weightlessness. Yeah. All of that condemnation and that sin is gone. Yeah. And you can just be him. Like Mm -hmm. that's your identity is Jesus. Like he takes on your, um, sin and yeah, for you, like to be free from that and realize that and let it go, like is, is the only Achievement that we we all need to achieve yeah. is like putting our sin to death through Jesus and Him freeing us of it yeah. and getting that weight off your shoulders. And yeah, to your point, Jack, I think there is a lot of people that haven't gone through that. And the only reason I went through that, I mean, I knew I was forgiven, but like until I was forced to go through those things <clears throat> at Mars Hill. I didn't experience, you know, that 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 weightlifting experience of like putting your sin to death and experiencing the full weight of what Jesus can do, and it's uh, it's it's definitely, I don't know, it was. I feel like you know my sin being weight weightlifted was one thing, but like for you, it just the amount of just crap you had that yeah. you were putting on yourself that was a lie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah it's just so damaging and mm-hmm. yeah it's nuts yeah. and i think it's just cool what 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 jesus can do for you yeah for everyone i agree and i i want to clarify something just real quick yeah. uh for anybody that is listening and saying like well what about his mom and dad uh-huh. i know exactly where they live <laughs> um and i just want you to know that there's like i told chad on thursday there's a, a spot that I drive by every day at work to get home from work to get home. And it's a light before his turn to go to his house. And I actually go to, and this is, I don't want to sound like gloating, but I go to his house and I actually drive around his cul-de-sac and look at his my house. Dad. And I just, my dad's, and I just pray for him. And I just ask, Lord, that you would save him, that you would forgive him, and that anybody else that's in the house that doesn't know you, that they would be transformed like you've done to me. Mm-hmm. And I just ask and I forgive him of the sin that he's caused and done against me. I just ask you that you do the same thing and that you truly free him. And I hope that I get to see him in heaven. And I pray for my mom. I've had a conversation with my mom probably like four years ago and just laid everything out on her and just said, hey, you know, you really hurt me growing up and and uh, really messed a lot of my life up. But I, I would want you to know I love you and I still forgive you mm-hmm. and stuff. And, I, and I've shared the gospel with her and just said, I hope that you get to know who Christ is. And I go hope to see you in heaven as well mm-hmm. and gave her opportunities to come back in her life. And she didn't want to. Well, she said she did, but then never showed up again. So it's kind of like the whole, yeah, I will, but never did. Um, so there is that even though I was deeply wounded, there is still knowing how much I've been forgiven by Christ that, that I'm able to then be able to go, 
I need to extend that kind of hand of forgiveness too. It's not that I forgot, not like I forget like that they've done that to me, right? Mm. Or that my past is over, right? But the fact that I can just go, you know, I'm a, I'm a really bad, horrible sinner as well. And Jesus forgave me of a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and be judgmental on on my mom and dad because I don't know where they are. And I just want to know, I just want, I just hope that they're forgiven and I hope that they, you know, accept Christ. I really hope that he transforms their life and that I've forgiven them. And that's, you know, it's the best thing I can do, mm-hmm. you know, and just keep praying for them. So if there's anybody that's in any of your guys' lives or anyone that's listening, like that you haven't been praying for in your heart has been hard. And I know there's a lot of hurt. There's still hope, you know, in Christ, and yeah. that, you know, bring it to the foot of the cross and just laying it there, you know? Yeah. We want to invite you, like, I mean, people listening invite you to, have that conversation with someone you know. Yeah. If you feel open to message us so we can be praying for you. Yeah. yeah. And maybe even have that conversation with you where you can be transparent. Um, like I want to be available personally. Yeah, sure. For that. For sure. Because of like the greatness that comes from having that weight lifted off mm-hmm. through Jesus. That's great. Cool. Thanks, dudes. Yeah, hey, we love you, Byron. Yeah, love you too, guys. <laughs> You're talking about your testimony just being like Super heavy. <laughs> well, no, he was like presenting it to me, like you know, the last couple. Like, well, I'm a sinner. Like, I'm a sinner. Is, yeah, I was forgiven. Yeah, and now what's up? <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. You know, we got baseball. Shut and up. Good. You're so dumb. <laughs> Life's good. That's why I never come over anymore. That's so funny. That's good. I like it. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, dudes. Jack, you want to close this out? Yeah, so what? Uh, so some next steps that you guys can do is check out our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. And that would be the first stop for you. And if I can get it up, do we know what the backslash is? Yeah, it's just patreon.com backslash brothers of ash. Okay, yep. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to type it out, just go to Instagram or Twitter and you can click the link. Super simple. Yeah. It should also be in our notes. It should be in our description for the podcast as well, too, if you check that out. Yeah. What we're going to do is after every episode, we'll kind of just have a compilation of notes of resources and things that we talked about. uh, And we'll post it on the Patreon page so you guys can... Um, click links to people that we talked about um, and also just kind of recap kind of what we yeah. what we discussed. And Jack says that he's going to be really tedious and he's going to mark down every spot that you can fast forward to to get over certain things. We appreciate you guys, yeah. listeners. Um, yeah. Me, Jack Byron, we all love doing this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'll just look forward to the future and what God has for us and we're just really excited. We're excited to see the new content that's going to come out. Stuff yeah. that we're working on. Yeah. It's working be, through. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's a lot of work. It's going to be intense. Yeah. It's, it, I, I, the word I think I think of is challenging. It's going to be challenging. Yeah. But yeah. it's going to be very useful. Yeah. We hope so. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hope so. That's always the hope, right? Through our failure. Through our failure. They, it will be useful. <laughs> It'll show God's goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right. But. Yeah, so you guys can check us out on Twitter or Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Brothers of Ash. And Twitter, we are, or Twitter, that's our Twitter handle. And then our Instagram handle is Brothers of Ash as well, too. And so uh, we are also creating a Facebook page. And so we'll put out content that way as well, too. Of You can check out 
what cigar you're going to get if you're a Patreon supporter. Uh, I Make put people jealous. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, putting out information as long as that goes, some articles, uh, kind of like some follow-up stuff uh, after our podcast comes out that you guys can look into. So, But yeah, other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening to this summer sode where we had Byron and his testimony. And we appreciate you guys and hope to hear from you and hope to see uh, your support as well too on the Patreon page. So Mm -hmm. uh, until next time, we will catch you later. See ya. Peace. Later.